today on this episode of the PV Roundup Special Spotlight. I think this was a very interesting study they showed that we might have a very potent and very safe JAK inhibitor that could be used in patients with either JAK inhibitor naive or JAK inhibitor experienced myelofibrosis. Today, Drs. Ruben Massa and Lucia Masarova joined the podcast to discuss updates from ASCO 2023 in this PB Roundup special spotlight. All opinions expressed are those of the presenters and do not necessarily reflect the views of this educational initiative's supporters. Hello, I'm Dr. Ruben Messa, the Executive Director of the Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist Comprehensive Cancer Center in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And with me is Dr. Lucia Mazzarova from the MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston, Texas. In this presentation, we will highlight recently presented myelofibrosis data from ASCO. Lucia, we've seen data from the simplified trials which suggest that mamelodinib may have a more favorable hematologic toxicity profile than ruxolitinib, but data are limited comparing mamelodinib with other JAK inhibitors. Would you review the data that you presented at ASCO comparing the safety of mamelodinib to that of fedratinib? Thank you very much, uh, Ruben, and I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I hope that we will have a lovely discussion from the ASCO and EHA. So uh, this presentation that was a poster that we compared safety between momelotinib and fedratinib, which is another JAK inhibitor that is currently approved in patients with myelofibrosis, and there was a mix, so uh, match-adjusted indirect comparison, which takes an aggregate data. They are available from studies. They were run on momelotinib particularly Simplify 1, Simplify 2, and Momentum, and then data from Fajatinib studies, Jakarta 1 and Jakarta 2. Given that these studies were conducted in different patients' population, this comparison was also separated for patients that were JAK inhibitor naive and JAK inhibitor experienced. So how does it work? The data that are baseline for all studies were actually matched and adjusted for the most important demographics and features of the disease, for patients with myelofibrosis, such as blood counts, spleen, symptoms, previous exposure to JAK inhibitors, and so And then the, the cohorts that are fairly comparable then are looked at head-to-head for safety. This study particularly compared safety events that occurred in more than 10% of patients on both of these drugs and in all of these studies compared. And then the estimated comparable size was quite adequate. It was over 100 patients had to have. And what it actually showed was that mumelotinib was favorable in terms of key hematologic as well as key gastrointestinal safety concerns. We, as you mentioned, we have seen the comparison of mumelotinib and raxolitinib, and we have an idea about mumelotinib safety for hematologic adverse events but we didn't really know about the other safety issues that could be coming from either of these JAK inhibitors. So in this study, momelodinib showed lower incidence of serious adverse events that were reported in the studies of grade three and four, adverse events that led to either drug reduction or therapy discontinuation, anemia, grade three or four, thrombocytopenia, grade three or four, particularly in patients with newly diagnosed disease, as well as gastrointestinal adverse events such as nausea, diarrhea, or vomiting. So I think this was a very interesting study. They showed 
that we might have a very potent and very safe JAK inhibitor that could be used in patients with either JAK inhibitor naive or JAK inhibitor experienced myelofibrosis. Wonderful. Well, I think that's very important uh, work in data, Lucia. Uh, indeed, I think fedratinib is a very solid drug. I've prescribed it a, a fair amount myself, uh, particularly in the second-line setting, but helpful in both. And I think that that analysis certainly will help folks, you know, as they're considering that that option. You know, a couple of things that, that struck me. Uh, one, I'll share one that, that I uh, presented. Uh, first, it was regarding mamalodinib, again, going back to the fourth of the JAK inhibitors, JAK1, JAK2 inhibitor, ACVR1 inhibitor, and its impact in improving anemia. And we looked at baseline data as well as subsequent data from the Simplify studies as it related to uh, both symptoms, quality of life, as well as role in physical functioning by the SF36. What we identified is one, patients have a lot of symptoms as well as an impact on role functioning and physical functioning when they have significant anemia. Again, it shouldn't be a surprise, but it's helpful validation in less oxygen carrying capacity, less red blood cells, uh, and that negative that anemia can have for patients. We saw that uh, independent of which of the buckets of anemia an individual fell into, meaning transfusion requiring versus transfusion dependent, versus transfusion independent, but still anemic. Again, I think it's a spectrum. One can imagine the individual that has a stable hemoglobin of nine versus needing the occasional transfusion versus needing a whole bunch of transfusions. All of them have some degree of compromise. Then we saw that in those individuals in which anemia improved and achieved a response, there was an improvement, not only in symptoms, but also really in the consequence, role functioning, physical functioning. So again, makes sense. More red blood cells, more ability to carry oxygen, more functional capacity for things like the activities of daily living as, as measured by a subjective question like role functioning and physical functioning. So I think very helpful, helping to further validate the importance of improving anemia for these individuals. Speaking of anemia, I think it was another area uh, of interest for uh, uh, individuals uh, uh, with myelofibrosis at, at the ASCO meeting. Uh, Lasbatterset, uh, TGF-beta ligand trap, can help to improve anemia. Uh, indeed, your colleague, Dr. Garcia, uh, Guillermo Garcia Monero, presented the commands study where they showed superiority of Lasbatterset versus ESAs for patients with low risk MDS, uh, and again, in many ways can be similar to those with myelofibrosis. Uh, Lucy, have you had a chance to treat anyone yet with Lespatercept, low-risk MDS, MF? What's been your experience? Well, that's that's a really very good point. I think the Lespatercept has gained a lot of attention in all of these conferences. And at this particular one, there was an, a presentation about the use of Lusbatorsev in patients with myelofibrosis, which was the, the 001 myelofibrosis study that uh, actually showed that the, the agent could improve anemia and transfusion dependence and dependency in patients, uh, particularly in combination with raxolitinib, because that, there was a study that evaluated different cohorts 
had a patient that were transfusion dependent or transfusion independent and either with or without raxolitinib. And I particularly liked the, the data on patients with combination on raxolitinib where, where we have seen actually more than one third of these patients becoming transfusion independent, which as you mentioned also in your study that you presented, I think it's a very important point for this patient for quality of life, for burden of the disease, for burden of uh, medical care and everything. So, so I, I'm really uh, excited about, about taking these agents and having available for, for our patients as well. As you mentioned, there's not many of differences in patients with, with anemia and myelofibrosis. Either we call it the lower risk or higher risk disease and patients with MDS. We know these agents is approved in the high risk patient now may basically actually cause a complete clinical change for patients with low risk MDS. And uh, hopefully we will have something similar for patients with myelofibrosis. I think you summarized it very well. I think lispatercept, it clearly is interesting. The combination may be more uh, impactful, but also relevant. You know, I think anemia tends to be only part of the difficulty a patient faces. You know, so I think an anemia-only approach for MF, probably unlikely for many patients, much prefer the concept of either combination, you know, or agents like mamalodin that may be able to hit more than one of these parameters at a time. Well, we hope that this video has been helpful. And again, folks are able to take away uh, additional data as it relates to the JAK inhibitors, fedratinib and mamelodinib, as well as new agents with different mechanisms of action, such as lispatercept, uh, that may be options for patients with MF in the near future. Thank you so much, Lucia. And thank you all for watching. I hope that you have found this discussion informative and useful for treating patients with myelofibrosis. And that's today's Specialist Spotlight. Thank you for joining us for this episode of PV Roundup Podcast. For more stories like these, visit us at pvroundup.com to subscribe to our weekly newsletters. Thoughts, comments, or suggestions? Please leave us a review on your preferred listening platform or email us at editorial at pvroundup.com. Subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, or Google. You can also download our Amazon Alexa Flash Briefing Medical News Roundup and just ask, what's my flash briefing? Thanks today to our guests, Dr. Ismasa and Masarova. Join me next time for an episode where we cover the latest stories in the world of medicine. <laughs>